Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the DevThink Podcast with your hosts, Sean and Nicola. Today's podcast is going to be a links episode where we show you some cool stuff we found on the internet that we thought was interesting enough to share with you. So let's start off with the driest one. It is about signal processing. I obviously am interested in audio and audio recording, and I've gotten a little bit interested in maybe trying to learn to do some programming with audio. And it's really not straightforward. It's not like dealing with other types of data like CSV files and JSON, because the data that you get in a digital format doesn't, it's not a one-to-one representation of what you're dealing with in sounds. So there is a ocw.mit.edu page. Uh, We'll have the full link in the show notes about a signals and systems course. And it shows you, I guess, all that stuff about how these waveforms that get turned into just a series of numbers in a wave or MP3 file actually represent the full range of the spoken words that are coming out of my mouth right now or of a song that you hear on the radio. So I think that's pretty interesting and something I would like to know more about. And MIT is a a reputable source. So I thought I'd just throw that in there. Nicola, what is your first one? So my first one is you can actually guess the author and you will get nothing for it. James Clear. Exactly. Uh, So the title of this post is uh, The Habits Scorecard. Use this simple exercise to discover which habits you should change. And it's one of those uh, posts by James where he goes in and you're like, why are you talking about Japanese railway system? Right? (laughs) And then at the end, everything comes together. And so basically, yeah, you know, our... Well, you know, mine and I would argue bo- are both our favorite personal development author writes about this kind of like point and calling system where basically he argues that, I guess, again, you know, by uh, some research that it actually reduces errors up to 85% and cuts accidents by 30%. Again, this was calculated in this, you know, railway system, whatnot. And again, okay, so the question now is why? Well, uh, because the train operators have to use their eyes, hands, mouth, and ears. So they are more likely to notice problems before something actually goes wrong, right? So, you know, and also he goes about uh, saying uh, about this, you know, habit scorecard. Basically, just track everything that you're doing. Sure, it's going to be tedious at first, but hey, if you really want to see what kind of habits are holding you down or what kind of habits are helping you so that you reinforce those one and those ones and you replace those quote unquote bad ones, it can help you, right? So basically strategies, and again, of course, I'm not going into every all of these things, but so strategies like pointing and calling and this habit scorecards uh, are basically focused on getting you to recognize your habits and acknowledge the quote unquote cues that trigger them. So what is this cue thing? And again, not to drag this one too, for, too, on, uh, too long, but uh, anytime, for example, for me, so I get down in the kitchen and I see a bowl of uh, not fruits, but, you know, chocolate, I'm just going to take it. I'm not going to even think about it. So this is my cue. And here's this quote unquote simple solution. Just remove this bowl of, you know, chocolate. You will come down to 
for to get, I don't know, a glass of water, you will not see that there and you just won't take it. Of course, <laughs> I wish it would be so easy <laughs> because I know where my wife hides them. <laughs> but yeah, again, you know, very, very good post. So go check, actually very short, by the way. So go check it out. All right. Interesting. And oh, yes, exactly. I totally forgot one more thing. Actually, this post is, or well, article is an excerpt from his newest book called Atomic uh, Habits, uh, of which I actually pre-ordered three because one is never enough and you have friends to to whom you know they will love it. So, you know, there's that. Excellent. Yes. Support Mr. James Clear with your dollars. We get absolutely nothing out of it other than maybe he'll keep writing. All right. Next is, uh, it's called One Month. Well, the blog is One Month and it's by a guy named Chris, let's see, Castiglione. Castiglione. If you're not embarrassed by your startup, you launched too late. And I think we've talked about this topic before and it's pretty obvious that if you put something out in front of people, well, it's not obvious. If you put something out in the world that you've put tons of work into because you had this great idea, you could very likely find that your desired customer base doesn't like it or doesn't want it or it doesn't quite work for them. So the best thing to do is put out something half-baked that barely works and get enough users that you start getting feedback. And then you will shape the product to eventually eventually be successful because it will literally be what the people want because they have told you because you've given them this opportunity. But as a special bonus, even if you don't care about any of that, you don't want to be an entrepreneur and you're never going to do a startup, still check out this article because they have the landing pages, the old pages of a bunch of companies. They have the very first Twitter page, which looks terrible. They have the original Facebook or early Facebook, an early Google thing from 1997, and even a screenshot from the precursor to Google, which came out prior to it, which is called Backrub, which it just looks creepy. It's just like some guy's hand touching someone's back, and it's like crazy. Uh, the Yahoo page from 94, old Tumblr, uh, an old Amazon screenshot. It's just a gray background with a logo. It says, welcome to amazon.com books. One million titles. I mean, compare that to today and a 1997 Apple thing, the site that became eBay. And there are more and more. I'm not going to sit here and read every single one of them, especially because most of the humor comes from looking at these pictures and realizing where these companies are now and what they put out in front of the public when they first started. So let that be a lesson to you. Awesome. However, back in the day, I mean, imagine, I mean, you were, you know, in those days, imagine having the knowledge to actually create a website, no matter how it looked like, you know, you know how to make a website. So again, you know, there's that as well. Yeah. In the nineties, if you knew enough HTML to take somebody's images that they give you JPEGs and put them on a website, you could get paid hundreds of dollars just to do that. Yep. Awesome. Okay. I'm definitely going to check out that blog post. Um, Okay, so my next uh, link is actually a link to a TEDx talk, so a YouTube link, and the title of it is The Mathematics of Weight Loss uh, by Ruben Meerman. 
and it's funny, uh, entertaining. I won't say I understood everything, but he basically shows what happens with the actual fat. Where does the fat go when you're, you know, losing fat? So, you know, if you're interested in these kind of things, check it out. You'll see. It's funny. And I mean, uh, mathematically correct, as they would say. I wonder if that's the one that I did. He start off by saying he saw a picture of himself surfing and he didn't realize he was as fat as he was. Yes, yes, yes. I have seen that, and that's a that's a good talk. I won't give away the the end then. Um, my last is called it's from chartwellwest.com, and the title is "Stupid and in Charge: The Anti Fragile Experience of the Junior Officer," and it's got a military kind of theme to it, but. There are these junior officers, and he says there are these people who are in their early 20s who are officers in the military who are put in charge of lots of people and million dollars worth of millions of dollars worth of equipment and things like that who don't know what the hell they're doing, make all kinds of mistakes, and learn from them. And the whole the key phrase here is anti-fragile. So the whole thing about if something's fragile and there's a little pressure on it, it's gonna break. If it's not fragile, can withstand a little more stress. And the idea being that um, children are anti-fragile. They learn from their experiences. You're supposed to let them fall down. You're supposed to let them make mistakes. And it just, you know, goes into a bit more depth in this kind of thing. And you really don't want to have your employees or your children or the next generation coming up to be completely isolated and insulated from anything bad ever happening to them or from ever having to take responsibility for their actions. Because if you do, what you'll get is an adult who will be fragile and who can't function in the real world. So it's uh, just something I think we kind of all know from experience, but it like with a lot of James Clear's writings, it's good to have it put into words in a way that's easy to think about every once in a while. Yes, definitely. <laughs> And funny thing, you know, as they say, you know, as I don't know, a wise man learns from uh, somebody else's mistakes. But then again, I mean, I'm speaking from my experience. Somebody or, you know, my parents would, would tell me, hey, don't do that. You're going to end up doing that. But not until I actually made the mistake myself was I able to see, oh, man, that's really bad. I'm not going to ever do that again. Right. Yeah. It depends on the lessons. Mistakes. Some things you can learn from others very – if you see someone get hit by a car, you're going to realize to look both ways without having to do it yourself, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, my last link is also a YouTube link to also a TEDx presentation uh, titled uh, Why Fasting Bolsters Brain Power by Mark Matson. And it's, again, interesting. And uh, it he talks about all this research that they did in basically restricting calories, what did this did to the brains of, you know, well, I guess mice, mices, right? But also to people who practice it. And uh, all he also goes into intermittent fasting and everything. And it was funny because yesterday, this was like maybe, I don't know, five o'clock when I was uh, looking at this. And I was like, Oh, so I already am in this window of, you know, intermittent fasting. So sure, I'm not going to eat anything till the rest of, you know, till the end of the day. Oh, man, was I hungry yesterday. Oh, man. So I don't know. Again, you know, I, 
as with basically every quote-unquote scientific research. I believe this to be true, right? Sure. But is it, again, easy? I wouldn't say so, right? But, you know, uh, an interesting thing. And um, he goes on and on and on of the benefits of basically fasting, not eating as much, and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, if this tickles your fancy, check it out. It'll be interesting if you decide to keep up with this in the long term. And if you do, we'll have to do another episode on it. But as soon as possible, you should get whatever data you can, not just things like your weight, but your blood pressure, your resting heart rate. If you get blood work done and check for different levels of things and just see, or if you can get the, uh, what is that measurement where they put the mask on your face and you a VO2 measure. max. Exactly. Um, things like that. And also I know you run regularly. If you put down all your times and things like that, and then see if that changes, it would be really, and actually, since we have that Garmin watch that we did an episode on recently, it will, you actually will have some data already from that. And then yes, you can exactly. really, instead of just coming back uh, three months later and saying, yeah, I, I feel better. It's like, oh, good for you. Like, what does that mean for me? So. True, true. That would be definitely interesting. So. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Because otherwise it can just be subjective. And then again, speaking about the times, you know, the running times, if, you know, if you do any term, any uh, form of fasting, you're eventually going to, and it, because of the running amount of running that I'm doing, I'm eventually going to lose some weight. And consequently, because of that, my times will get better. So that would not be the exact measure. But as you said, did my VO2 max improve? Did my blood pressure drop did this did that that could really be you know a good test so awesome excellent cool. all right another good links episode thanks nicola thank you sean all right see you next time bye-bye thank you for listening to the DevThink podcast you can contact us at info at DevThink. that's d-e-v-t-h dot i-n-k now go accomplish something <laughs>